The following program is underwritten in part by World's Best Cat Litter. You love your cat, but you don't love the litter box mess. Switch to World's Best Cat Litter and get a cleaner litter box with less hassle and less litter. Find it at Target, Walmart, and in your local grocery and pet stores. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. I'm not sure we can fit all of this in. Are you sure? It's pretty amazing. I don't know. Okay. You might have to bump something. It's a, Somebody. <laughs> it's a humdinger of a show today. We have Amy Holland, who's a musician. You probably have not ever heard of her. Maybe you have, but she is the wife of Michael McDonald, and she's a breakout artist, a Grammy-nominated artist, and she loves herself a lot of animals. Yes, she does. So we're going to talk to her in a few minutes. Also, comedian Paula Poundstone will be back. Is this her second? Yes, it is. This is her second time on Animal Radio. Very funny gal. She has, let me make sure I have this correct. Does she have 14 cats now? She has 14 cats, yes. Think about that, ladies. her. That's a lot of cats to have. Yeah. Did she have a camera like next to the food bowl? Yes, she did. That's right. She did. She set up like a webcam or something so people could watch her cats eat. (laughs) Very strange. She, of course, you know her from uh, just about everywhere. She does uh, that uh, NPR show. What is it called? Uh, Yes. Wait, wait. Don't tell me. Yeah, that's it. Wait, wait, don't tell me on NPR. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, so she'll be joining us in just a few minutes right here on uh, Animal Radio. I don't remember where I was for just a second there. Lori, what are you working on over there in the newsroom? Well, have you ever wondered, I, I know you guys have wondered, anybody who's a real animal person I think has wondered this, when your pet, one of your pets, passes, do you let any remaining pets in the home view the body of the deceased animal? Yeah, I think it's important. I think if you can. Well, there's yeah. there's some new information out about that, so we're going to talk about it. Okay, that's on the way in just a couple of minutes. The dog father, Joey Volani, what are you working on? We're going to be talking about a new way and new product of pampering your pet. Something something that I know is going to make you cringe, but I know it makes me excited. <laughs> That should be good. I'm going to stick around for that. Let's go to the phones for your calls. Toll free at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five for Dr. Debbie or Joey Villani. Uh, don't forget, you can also ask your questions from the new and improved Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. And it's all cool now. You can actually send us sound Ooh. if you want directly to our studios, as well as call us and ask your questions directly from the Animal Radio wow. app. Cool new app. Uh, check it out and download it. It's free. Uh, call for Dr. Debbie on line four. No, let's go to line five. Okay. We've given, we've given line five no attention today. Sean, how are you doing? Pretty good. How are you? Good. I understand you want to talk to Dr. Debbie? Yeah, I've got a Chinese pug. Um, getting eyesight's getting real bad. I just kind of wondering. I've walking, I ain't a doctor, but looking at it, it looks like cataracts. Is there anything they can do for that or? Well, potentially, and I guess the first thing is that when when we have a color change to a dog's eyes and they're starting to turn cloudy and kind of white, a lot of times we just kind of logically think they're cataracts, but it's not always the case. So the first thing that I would do is I would certainly want to take a look at your doggy's eyes um, because we can have cataracts form with age. Sometimes even things like diabetes will cause cataracts, but in some cases we truly can just get an aging in the lens of a dog's eye, what we call lenticular sclerosis, um, and it's just an aging change. So it isn't always something that is really severe for their vision. 
Um, and you can even in some breeds see some corneal disease that makes the eye kind of white. And it's a different area of the eye. So it definitely, I'd say, start with a, a vet exam. Let's take a peek at the eye because that, for me, makes a big difference in what we do. Um, and if we do find that your dog has cataracts, um, there are some things to do. One is, yes, there, there is surgery. We can have those removed. It's generally done with a veterinary ophthalmologist. Um, but even short of removing cataracts, there's a lot we can do medically to help manage that. And anytime I have a diagnosis of a cataract, I always, always want to do a diabetic screening on that pet. So if you have a dog with cloudy eyes and you haven't had them checked at the vet, that is definitely going to get that those car keys in your hand and get a region uh, to get that pet checked out. Um, but for some pets with cataracts, with time, um, you know, they may adjust. If they lose their vision with that, they can get along okay. But we don't tell people to ignore cataracts because there can be some problems that occur besides the vision loss. And that is what we call lens-induced uveitis. So cataracts leak a type of protein into the eye, and that can cause inflammation, which can cause pain, and can really make a pet very miserable. Um, so if we have cataracts, um, in many cases I will put a pet on a topical anti-inflammatory to keep that in check, um, keep those pets comfortable, and, you know, then monitor their vision. If there's any other problems where the lens slides out of position um, and luxates out, then we may talk more surgery and things like that. Um, but definitely, there are certainly things to do. Now, I am not a fan of those um, supplements that'll say they'll restore vision, remove cataracts. Um, that's just a bit shahui in my mind. Um, so, uh, so, so don't fall into that. Now, do you see, Sean, your, your doggy having trouble getting around, or you're just noticing the color change? Yeah, sometimes uh, he's got a chihuahua that he hangs out with, and if the chihuahua ditches off from him, I think he can see him because he's black, you know, and he's easy to see, but if he veers off and goes off on his own, he'll run into stuff and stuff like that. And yeah. I'm concerned about it, you know. Yeah, I'd say definitely. Let's let's get these eyes checked out. Now, one, you know, following another pet around, but sometimes we'll do what we call a cotton ball test at home. So if you cover one of your dog's eyes and you throw a cotton ball horizontally in front of their eyes, if they notice it and they watch it going by them, um, then we still have some vision in that eye. If they're not seeing that, then that's that's going to be something that we really want to check that pet out, see if we've got advanced cataracts or maybe some other causes of vision loss there. Thank you so much for your call, Sean. I hope that's of some help. and, and uh, Give your give your old guy a pat on the head and, and hope he follows his friend around pretty well around the house there. Got him a CNI dog, right? <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Thanks for your call. This is Dr. Debbie. Give us a call here at one eight six six four zero five eight four zero five. Hi, Rocky. Hello, doctor. How are you? Hi, I'm doing really good. What's uh, going on in your world? Oh, kind of hectic right now. I got stretch marks <laughs> all over my arms, but. Uh-oh. I'm cool. Uh, I, I find your show intriguing, and I learned a, a lot of new things out of it. Thank you for tuning in and listening. We always appreciate talking to our faithful listeners. Uh, what do you have going on there? Well, my dilemma is my neighbor had him a car. Uh, he had him since uh, he was two years old. After living with, with him for about 16 years, I finally got tired of uh, him ignoring the macaw, and I approached him, and I kind of adopted him, and I kind of rescued him because he wasn't doing anything with it. The poor thing was just always in the cage, and every time I go, 
with him, it, it seems like we bonded really good. And yeah. he loves to play. He loves to climb on you. My problem is his, his talent. He's got these sharp nails that they are curved. And I tried uh, kind of sanding it down. I put this uh, big old piece of wood with a sandpaper around it mm -hmm. and uh, for him to sand down and hoping for him to kind of dull up those sharp points. But no, it didn't work. Okay. That's my so dilemma. He loves okay, to so get on my arm. He loves to crawl up and he kind of digs in and makes holes and scratch marks all over my my arm. So. I gotcha. So y you can't grow thicker skin, so you're asking how we're going to deal with this. I got it. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, well, th this is easy advice, and, and I can tell you this is something we deal with a regular basis at our office. Um, what we need to have done for your little guy there is to get his uh, nails trimmed. And the best way, a couple tips I recommend about this is, one is I don't often recommend the primary person in the home, the, the one that they're bonded to, I don't often recommend them to do it. Uh, so this is where you don't want to break down that bond that you have with your bird. Um, okay. It's best to see a veterinarian uh, that works on birds and is comfortable with birds and to have the nails uh, trimmed. I prefer to trim large bird nails with a Dremel um, and actually kind of grind them down. Um, most birds do very well with that and we it's a less of a risk of cutting too short um, and that also gives us some nice control at kind of polishing and kind of rounding out the edges for them um, once that's done you will find that your bird's nails are much more comfortable and tolerable and, and that has to be maintained on a regular basis for some birds depending on how much they're wearing uh, their claws um, but that would be an easy fix and I think that that would um, help your, your your problem since he is sounds like he's very tame He's easy with handling. It's just a matter of they're just daggers. <laughs> yes, it is. It is. It's about about a little bit over a quarter inch of daggers. And when mm -hmm. they dig in, they dig in. They can't get them off. And Absolutely. I feel sorry for those birds that hawk get a hold of or something like that. But uh, right. thank you very you, much. Okay, uh, very I good. I and to, I, I have to take them to bed. Absolutely. And, you know, if you're having trouble finding a veterinarian that works on birds in your area, sometimes even calling local pet stores, and they can kind of help give you referrals. Um, when I was just a wee little uh, teenager, I worked at a pet store, and we trimmed uh, small bird nails. Um, we didn't often do large you birds. You a wee but they may little be able to... teenager? I was. I'm still kind of a wee little adult, I would like to say. <laughs> Thanks for your call, Rocky. 1-866-405-8405 to connect with any one of the Dream Team right now. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. This is Animal Radio, baby. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Six months after adopting their dog, a Michigan couple noticed that their chocolate lab, Remington, didn't seem to be as playful. Kelly and Scott Cornelise said their usually active dog didn't seem to want to play or even move. Scott noticed what he thought might be a lump, possibly a broken rib, and brought Remington to the vet. 
Imagine their surprise when an x-ray showed an eight-and-a-half-inch aluminum arrow shaft lodged in Remington's chest. The arrow, which might have been there for some time, had entered just under his armpit, just missing his heart. Dr. Stephen Hardin donated his services for the unusual case and removed the arrow. Remington is now on his way to recovery, thanks to their vet with a big heart. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Are people to Animal Radio. We can't tell you why canine caviar is the only alkaline-based dog food, but we can tell you alkaline is proven to minimize the risk of renal failure and pancreatitis, reduce scratching, cellular degeneration, and disease, keeping your furry friend youthful and healthy longer. And those are the reasons we can fit into this short commercial. But by visiting caninecaviar.com, you'll see exactly what we do to make a better food for your dog. Try the one and only alkaline dog food risk-free. Canine Caviar. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio. We're celebrating the connection with our pets toll-free, 1-866-405-8405. Or on the new and improved Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Check it out. A brand new update to take advantage of all the latest and greatest technology, including sending us your questions and your audio to us. Browsing our resources. Finding out about recall. It really is a great app to have. And, of course, it is free of charge. Now, Paula Poundstone is up around the corner here. She does indeed have 14 cats. Last time we oh had her on, gosh. I know I mean, she's a crazy cat lady. <laughs> you, I'm sorry, <laughs> you you can say that. You can say that. I'm not going to say that. But uh, feel free to to mention that to her if you want. <laughs> <laughs> so she'll be on the the show in just a couple of minutes, as well as musician, singer, songwriter Amy Holland, the uh, wife of Michael McDonald, and uh, she's also a big animal lover. Yes, of course. she is. You know what? They're all animal lovers. I think we've only had one guest on the show that was not an animal <laughs> lover, and that, of course, was Smokey Robinson, the great yep. Motown. Yeah. And how'd we book him, then, if he didn't love animals? You know, they, all he had to say was Smokey Robinson, and yeah. that was pretty much it. <laughs> yeah, I was a big fan, so I thought, okay, you know, everybody's had an animal either as a child or growing up or as an adult or their children had an I mean, so, everybody has some connection somewhere to an animal. We didn't know, of course, that he didn't really like animals until he was on the air live with us. <laughs> And so I'm, I'm curious as to why he decided to do the interview with Animal Radio. But uh, either way, uh, that's the, about the only person that we've had on that really yeah. doesn't have a connection with an animal in one way or another. I've run into people that don't don't like animals. Really? I, Where? I, I, no, um, I, I can't say, but um, <laughs> I, I have some friends. I know some friends that do, do not care for animals. And, you know, I was chit-chatting with them and they said, you know, no, no. Please don't try to convince me how great <laughs> dogs are. And I was like, okay, I wasn't going to. I was actually going to tell a different story. But, yeah, so I've, I've run into it. And some people I don't think have had the opportunity to have a positive interaction with an animal that really impacted their life. Sure, and that that's important. Hmm. And then I think they almost fear it then. You know, it's kind of like, oh, you know, people push animals on me. I don't want it. I don't want it. You know, it's kind of like eating spinach. Some people just don't want it. It's hard for me to admit it and say it, but my daughter is one of those people. 
She's, she's not. Really. A, she, she's not. She's, she's not, not anti. anti. No, but she just. She, it's like no, no, she, no, no, no. She not. likes the humankind. Yeah, the, the yeah. two-legged. The two-legged, with no fur. and no, she doesn't. She thinks animals. You know, when when my cat would go in her bedroom, he'd be like, "Mom, get him out of here! I don't want him in my bedroom." You know, she had a pile of stuffed animals in the corner, and the cat would just go and lay in the middle of all of them. You just see his little head peeking out, and she's like, "Get him out of my room!" And here she oh, is. She do that though, don't they? They always go to the one who doesn't doesn't want, want him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she's 37, and she doesn't have any animals, never has. Some people, it's it's the human kids. And, you know, for me, I'm not much on the, the human two-legged. <laughs> you have to have the human children removed from the room so you can you're, sit you're, down. <laughs> now, you're like I that. I do. <laughs> you're like that, too, though. You don't, uh, you're not, you, you don't sport any kids. I do not sport any kids, but I'm, I'm not anti-child. I just, um, and I guess, you know, I appreciate, you know, relatives' children. I, I have a lot of fun with them, but I uh-huh. enjoy them leaving. And and sit with with my dogs. (laughs) Hello, everyone. It's Robert Semro, your Bet World Insider, here with this week's Animal Radio List Five Ways to a Healthier and Happier Cat. Cat owners know that a healthy cat is more likely to be a happy cat. So it should be no surprise to anyone that cat health is a major concern for every cat owner. To that end, I thought I'd share five ways to a healthier and happier cat. To begin with, we've got to start with nutrition. Your cat's nutrition is essential to its overall existence. More and more experts are encouraging a wet diet for a variety of reasons, including that cats need the extra moisture from the wet foods to assist them in keeping hydrated. Additionally, cats are naturally predators and carnivores, so an emphasis on nutritional proteins should be at the top of the list. And finally, make sure you're giving them the proper portions for their meals and remember that you can't exercise your way out of a bad diet. Next is fresh water. Fresh water is critical for cats to help avoid urinary problems. Cats have an acute sense of smell, so if you see your cat avoiding the water bowl, consider that it may smell of detergents or maybe chemicals from tap water. So consider using purified water only. One of my go-tos for cat friends noticing a drinking problem is to see if the cat will drink from a drinking fountain which circulates the water and keeps it fresher. One thing to consider as well is how loud it is because that can scare off cats and discourage them from drinking in the water area. Grooming is another way to keep your cat healthier. Cats are often proud self-groomers, but you should be assisting by brushing them as often as they'll allow, daily if possible. If you can get into that routine, your cat will look at it as part of your daily bonding time and benefit from a reduction in excess hair and probably many fewer hairballs as well. Additionally, it's important to have that ability to observe and be in contact with your cat's entire body so that you can notice any changes that may be occurring. One of my more favorite ways to a healthier cat is encouraging the natural cat. What I mean by that is engaging them to indulge their natural instincts of hunting and giving them a reason to get up and get active, both physically and mentally. Toys, challenges, climbing areas, and more give them a chance to engage their natural instincts while keeping them satisfied in their non-natural indoor existence. Finally, create a stress-free environment for them in your home. Give them places to remove themselves to when they're nervous. And when you're engaging them, be cognizant of their reactions. Are they playful or agitated? Cats are truly majestic beings who deserve the best that their owners can give them, but in a healthy way that promotes healthy outcomes. 
Share your ways to a healthier and happier cat on our Animal Radio Facebook page. Hey, this is Sean Hayes on Animal Radio. Remember to spay and neuter your pets. All dogs should eat a pH-balanced alkaline diet. An alkaline diet reduces health risks and can also reduce scratching, shedding, and hot spots. So does this mean you need to check your dog's pH balance? No, because canine caviar has created the first and only alkaline dog food that is pH-balanced. It also has the highest metabolized calories. What does this mean? Your dog needs to eat less. Get a healthier dog and save money with Canine Caviar products. Find them at your local pet supply store or online at caninecaviar.com. Hi, I'm Victoria Jackson, and you're listening to Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. Uh, The impact of losing a pet on some people is as great, if not greater, than losing a member of their own human family. And we know that from all of the research that has been done. However, studies documenting the impact that pets experience when a companion animal in the same home dies, that has not been studied much at all, but it's changing. To understand if pets experience grief, the authors of this study compiled a questionnaire that was distributed to pet parents through veterinary clinics in Australia and New Zealand. And what they found was in dogs that following the loss of a four-legged companion of theirs, owners reported changes in affectionate behavior were pretty common. About 26% of those dogs began being kind of clingy and needy, while on the flip side, 10% of them wanted less affection. Around 30% of the dogs, they say, were reported to seek out and spend more time at the deceased pet's favorite location in the house. And they say close to 30% of dogs began sleeping more after losing one of their furry friends. A third of dogs were reported to eat less and to even at a slower pace. So they didn't have, you know, as much interest in food as they had before. Now for cats, the loss of a companion in the home resulted in 40% of those cats demanding, as a cat would, more affection. 36% of cats sought out the deceased animal's favorite spot, and almost half of the cats had a change in vocal behavior with an increase in frequency, how many times they were doing it, and a 32% increase in the volume of their vocalizations. Maybe cats are more emotional. Hmm. Now, all, all of these changes in dogs and cats, they say, lasted between two to six months. And now, a very interesting finding was in the small number of pets who had lost a four-legged family member of a different species. Uh, for example, a dog losing its best friend that was a cat. They manifested similar behavior changes as when the loss was of their same species. This is totally fascinating uh, because I have wondered this and I have actually done this and I'm sure some of you have too because uh, a lot of we pet parents wonder if the remaining pets should perhaps view the body of 
you know, allow the living pet, those pets that are still in the home, to view the body of the deceased pet? Does that help them to grieve? Does it let them know what's going on instead of, you know, the dog just, you know, going for a ride and never coming back? Well, in this study, 58% of dogs and 42% of cats did view their deceased companion. And they found there was no difference at all in behaviors noted between those that viewed the pet that had passed and those that did not. Yeah, this is not an in-depth study by any means. It's a questionnaire. But how do we know, let me think about it, if the humans were not just assuming the emotions that they were feeling were also being shared by their pet? There's many questions. Uh, But the authors do agree that further study is needed definitively to determine how pets grieve for each other. Mm. I think they have an amazing process and probably are so much more intelligent than we give them credit for. Right. Yeah. So I'm sure there is a grieving process. And, I, and I an awareness. We've shown our pets when we, we've taken deceased pets out of the house. We've shown them to the rest of the pets. And to us, I think that makes a difference. Yeah, I, some, I don't know if it did for the animal. Some chose to come up and, and smell the deceased pet, and others chose to stay back. So Right. That's what happened whenever I have done that. And it seemed that the cats were perhaps a bit more caring in my home anyway than the dogs were. But we've all heard stories where there are some dogs who, you know, just take on a whole new identity. Yeah. Well, there was a bill that has been uh, introduced in Oregon, in the Senate there, that would allow a tax credit of up to $100 for someone who adopts a dog or a cat from an animal rescue facility or a shelter. State Senate Bill 326 would provide a credit for qualified adoption expenses. That would be adoption fees and shots and spay, neutering, or microchipping. One of the authors of the bill, which is still being crafted or drafted, said that giving someone a tax return of up to $100 is the least the state can do to reward someone who's rescued a pet. Opponents of the proposal say SB 326 asks you to create a new tax credit, despite the fact that the state already has a current budget shortfall of nearly $2 billion. So not too sure if that's going to pass or not, but we will keep you posted. And the Labrador is no longer the top dog in Britain. It is now the French Bulldog that's the big number one. A celebrity favorite, too, for the likes of, you know, the Beckham family and Lady Gaga and so many more. A lot of sports players, too. It's the first time the Labrador Retriever has been knocked off that top spot in the U.K. in 27 years. It's been the most popular dog breed in the U.K. since 1990. And that was the year that it overtook... A completely different dog, the Yorkshire Terrier. I think here it's the lab still, isn't it? Yeah, but I'm, yeah, someday yeah. we may see it bumped. So I'm sick of the lab always on the top of the list. Come on, come on. It's like the Patriots winning the Super Bowl. Come on. Yeah. Give us, give us somebody, give us a new one. I'm Lori Brooks. <laughs> Get more breaking animal news anytime at animalradio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. Hi, friends. This is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. 
When your veterinarian is fear-free certified, you'll be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear-free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified fear-free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at animalradio.com. Log on, learn more. Hey, everybody, this is Kenny Lee Lewis from the Steve Miller Band. Just want to tell everybody out there on Animal Radio, thanks for loving your pets. Please, Lord, shine a light on my pet. It is Animal Radio. That is Amy Holland. And that, uh, you know, she's a Grammy-nominated singer-songwriter. She's also the wife of Michael McDonald. But she doesn't need to use that. <laughs> no, she stands on her she own. She stands on her own right yes, there. Does. And we welcome her to the show today. Hi, Amy. Hi. How, how are, are you? Very good. I understand that you guys are big animal advocates and supporter of pet adoption. Oh, absolutely. I actually, I actually have my newest member of the family sitting here begging for cheese right who, now. <laughs> who, who is that? Set the scene. Her name is Tulip. Tulip. Every Dutch girl needs a tulip. So, um, Tulip is, uh, I was told she was a Jack Russell mix, which I had lost my 14 year old Jack Russell last Christmas. Oh. And, um, we had a, I had a DNA test done. And you know what? It came back the weirdest combination and none of those dogs. <laughs> she doesn't look like any of them. Well, wait, wait a minute. Did you, did you do the cheek swab or did you do the blood? I thought they did the blood. What did Tulip come back as? She came back as part Rottweiler, part Bulldog, and part Yorkshire Terrier. And all these people have told me recently, and I've looked it up on the Internet, that she's part Dasinji, who And that I'd never heard of that breed, and I looked up Dasinji mixed breed, uh-huh. and there she was. Oh, wow. The and they're, they're barkless right. dogs, one of the oldest dogs that came from the Congo. That's all I know. So does, does Tulip bark? Well, she, you know, it's funny. We we're under renovation right now. Our house is. We're living in the driveway in a trailer. It's a country song somewhere. But, um, <laughs> she does bark for just a minute, and then she stops. But the way she, you know, one of the the Sinji traits is that she'll do a little. They call it yodeling, but it's almost like a trill. Like you'll just all of a sudden be. I'll be on the, my laptop and I'll hear. <laughs> and I look wow. down and she's looking up at me. I just, I, I adore this dog. She is smart and funny and, well, they all are. What other kind of animals do you have? We have um, an American red bone hound, and he was a rescue. And then my daughter is living with us right now because um, she was going to school. She was living with us while she went to school. Uh-huh. And she has a rescue mixed golden retriever and i don't know what he's mixed with but he doesn't know he's a dog and my husband said that when she moves out we're suing her for the dog because we can't bear to part with him do they have a place in bed there for us at least we have cats in bed at night we have i have backaches every time i wake up in the morning (laughs) is that the same basically there's nowhere mike comes home and they'll say where do i sleep i'll say well you know what You've lost your position here because you've gone so much. And, um, you know, so he says, well, I'm clinging to the mattress with my fingernails. I said, well, that will show you what, you know, who ranks around here. <laughs> so, But he's, he's just as in love with this dog as I am. So the big ones will get in bed, too, if they, if they can pull it off. But 
we all we all run to jump in there to see who can get a spot first, including the dogs. So, do you do anything really crazy to spoil them? <laughs> like everything? Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't think I do. My friends really. Um, when when my dog Lily was still with us, um, I had never fed her from the table, and we were over. We lived in Maui for a while, and my girlfriend was over, and she was. I noticed by the end of the trip, my dog was begging all the time. She goes. I'm sorry, I've been feeding her under the table like I do at home. (laughs) But that's the one thing that I don't usually do. Uh, Hal has trained his cats to beg at the table. Yeah, at least I don't dress my my animals up. Okay, or give them. Like, gets, okay, well, I've done that. Yes. You, you do dress That's them up. That's when I realized I needed children at some point. <laughs> so. Well, just today, uh, dog father, Joey Villani, you were talking about sort of a, what, what is it, a, a facial for, uh, uh, it, it's a mud, it's a, it's a mud bath. A it's, mud it's, bath. It's a, it's a spot, it's basically a spot treatment, um, you know, to get the impurities out of the skin and make them feel really good. Good pampering. Yeah. Oh my gosh, the dogs do that? They yeah. do that for them? We have um, in the past couple of years they've have we have facials, we have spa oh. treatment for 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 paws, um, we have mud baths now. Yeah, yeah, and the grooming salons oh are actually selling gosh. these packages. I can just see Tulip and I and, at the spa with cucumbers on our eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it's, it's the same it. thing, but you know what? It, they're not just gimmicks; they work as well. So um, wow. not only your pet, does your pet feel better, but um, you get results. Yeah. For me, that's crazy. That's over the line. No, a day at the, the line. So funny. A day at the spa for me and my dog. What girl? What more could a girl ask for? I know. I know. Well, any anywhere she can go with me is that's fun. You know. So I'm trying to take her everywhere and get her really. My other dog didn't like other females. They weren't allowed west of the Rio Grande anywhere near me. <laughs> so I'm trying to get her to be friends with girls and be nice and play nice in the sandbox with girls. Well, I got to tell so, you, my dog loves your new album, and it's called. Oh, I, oh awesome! It's called you Light, a Great Dog. Light on My Path, and it has uh, David Crosby's in there, right? And, right. Uh, 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 Steve Picaro from uh, Toto. Uh, Steve, no, he's not on there. I thanked him because he's a, a cheerleader of mine. He's a good friend of mine. That's a good cheerleader to have. No kidding, he's so sweet. I just love him. So I asked him if he'd be my brother because I never had one. So. <laughs> He, he agreed. Oh, wait a yeah, minute. I, I have a brother, but still, would he be my brother? <laughs> I, yeah, I'll I give you know. one of mine. He's a good brother to have, though. <laughs> I'm uh, going to go ahead and give out. I have five copies of the CD to give out. We four, have four. four. Oh, you took one. Then. Yes, yes. Okay, four <laughs> copies to give out. Toll free at 866-405-8405. How can people get it? Where can they get it? Can they just get it at their local CD store, or can they order it online? I don't even know if there are CD stores anymore, but um, <laughs> there's. you can go online to CD Baby. Uh-huh. And I think Amazon, and then, of course, iTunes has all, you know, the download thing, which is my kid's generation. I, I like I like album art. Amy, thank you so much for hanging with us today. Oh, it was a pleasure. And go home and kiss your pups. We're lucky we get to take ours to work. They're so all we, in the studio. They're all in the studio with us here. Oh, my gosh. That's great. Good for you. All right. Well, you're my new best friend. Give, give Tulip <laughs> a big old hug from all of us. From Ladybug. Oh, she's getting one right now. Okay. All right. I am the family dog, and it's that time of year again. The one where pet parents start looking for Fido-friendly hotels and destinations where Fido is welcome. Make no bones about it. Pets are part of the family, and we like to sniff out new places too. And we hate to be turned away, especially when we're on our best behavior. So we won't be left out in the cold. 
be sure to pick up a copy of Fido Friendly Magazine to find the best hotels and destinations where Fido is always welcome. Go online to FidoFriendly.com and subscribe today. Celebrating the connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio, featuring your dream team, veterinarian Dr. Debbie White and groomer Joey Villani. And here are your hosts, Hal Abrams and Judy Francis. As if we could fit any more in the show this hour, Miss Paula Poundstone, the amazing comedian Paula Poundstone, will be joining us, I believe, for the second time here on Animal Radio. Yes, she does have 14 cats, and yes, uh, Dr. Debbie will ask her about that. <laughs> You're going to make me be the meanie. <laughs> It'll sound so much better coming from you than, than it would from me, you understand. I gotcha. <laughs> Lori, what are you working on for the bottom of this hour? Well, there's a cat. Of course it's a cat. How does an animal go 600 miles away from its home? You know, you think it, it disappears, whatever. Turns out it ran away. Sure. But, you know, thank God for microchips, right? Yeah, they're yeah. they're so important. So so many people don't do the microchip. I have all my know? animals, cats and dogs, microchipped. Oh yeah, and it's just it's still such a small percentage of Americans that uh, microchip their pets. And they just actually had a landmark uh, change in Europe, and in Britain, um, they now reached ninety four percent microchip rate in the dogs. Oh, is it law there? It is. They passed a law in 2016, and at that point, they still had more than we, more microchip dogs than we did at about 60%. But um, they mandated it, and you could get fined if your dog was, you know, not microchipped. And I think the fine was over $600, so it was probably a motivating wow. factor. But you know, it's it's such an important thing to help ensure that your pet gets back to you if there's an unfortunate oops and they slip out the door, um, you know, some kind of loss situation. Um, so it, it's really very important, and I love hearing these great stories that uh, you know about animals getting back to their owners with the microchip. And we have a good one coming up in just a couple of minutes here. And I always get calls. People will say, I hear you talking about microchips, but if I move, won't that screw things up? Or there's different kinds of microchips, and there's different kinds of readers, readers for the microchips. And yeah, 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 and that is one downside. There are different chip frequencies that are in use in the U.S., and, and that is a problem, and I wish that would um, all get in line. Um, but uh, there are in different areas microchips that are more prone in the area, so it's wise if you are moving, number one is to update your information with the company you have your microchip with, and number two is just to check with uh, veterinarians um, or uh, you know, pet, care, pet care professionals in the area, what kind of microchips are they being used in this area to make sure that you do have um, one that's on the frequency that the veterinarians and the animal control personnel use. Sure. Um, but, do, you, uh, do you know in the UK if they have uh, multiple readers like they do here? You know, I'm not quite certain on that. So that that's a good question. Why is that not regulated better here? Is that so that... Everybody has the right to make money off of it or what? You know, yeah. I mean, I think someone tried to fix the system a couple of years ago, and it it takes all of these different companies coming together, using their technology, agreeing upon one technology, um, and that means abandoning, you know, an investment line. So I think it gets into the whole corporate, yeah, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> stuff that we don't deal with. Um, but, yeah, I think that's one of the big problems. Well, I'm glad to see that the U.K. has conquered that problem or is on their way to doing that you know all of europe and, and the uk especially have somewhat been ahead of the curve in the u.s yeah. we're going to line four and i believe we have ann hi ann how are you i'm doing great how are you good where are you calling from today uh, i'm calling from uh, the central coast in california oh probably down the street from us well thank you for listening how can we help you 
Um, well, I uh, recently had my uh, dog taken in uh, for its vaccinations, and uh, my dog had a very bad reaction to it and was very sick for about five days. Oh, wow. What oh, kind nice. of vaccinations? Um, they actually um, gave my uh, 12-year-old a schnoodle. It was a miniature schnoodle. Um, the rabies, then they gave it um, the thing that would include parvo distemper, that whole okay. one. And, and then they gave it a third injection um, of Bortella. So my okay. little dog got three injections. Whoa. And um, it, uh, I just, you know, I'm new to the Central Coast. I moved here about a year and a half ago, so I just went to a local vet. And then the next day, Saturday, um, my dog was lying on its side. And, Holy um, cow. Yeah, so I could tell it wasn't well, and I thought, well, I'll give it a day, you know, but he, he wasn't eating and he wasn't drinking and he wasn't moving much. And so then um, I waited till Sunday, and then Sunday he was kind of in the same condition. So then I called the emergency um, pet care locally, and they said to me, well, give him a little bit longer. They really? said if he doesn't <gasps> perk up by the end of the day or something, they said something like that. And I said, okay, and then um, I just decided to wait it out. So then Monday um, I checked my dog, and he was still out of it, you know, but a little bit better, not much, a little. You know, I was still really concerned. So then uh, during the week I called a different vet. I did not go back to the same vet um, that I had gone to, and I went to another local one. And by that time, uh, and I think I actually went Wednesday or Thursday, and my dog actually suddenly got better. So it was kind of like mm. a miracle. Um, mm. He suddenly was moving around more. Um, he still was not eating his food. I normally had given him crunchies, and he wasn't eating his crunchies or anything um, except what I was eating. He started to eat what I was eating at breakfast. So if I was eating a croissant, he would have a little bit of my croissant. So he pulled around a little, but I still knew I was concerned. And they mm. took his temperature and... They said he had a temperature of 103, so they mm -hmm. said it was a little bit high for the range. And um, I guess she could tell he was more frisky. You know, now he was up barking, moving around, and acting like a normal dog by the time I took him in. And then I was um, just told that uh, to give him a more bland diet, um, like rice, cottage cheese, or chicken, and that's what mm -hmm. I did. And I'm happy to say my dog is much better now. Good, good. Yeah, and has he ever done this before? Never, never. Okay. Never. All right. So and your and your baby is how old again? Um, he will be twelve. Okay. Well, I mean, Anne, you bring up some really great points here, and and the first thing that I have to very passionately say is that after vaccines, if any pet is not well. Uh, meaning, you know, vaccines, we can see a little bit of feeling, a little rundown afterwards. If it's mm -hmm. anything more than that, you need to see a veterinarian. And mm -hmm. I would have wanted to see that your pet on Saturday because okay. it could be really important to, one, identify what's going on in the body and, two, to address it in a more aggressive way. I've had a dog myself who had was healthy all of her life, and then she got about 10, and she started to have a reaction to um, just the parvo component of vaccines. Mm -hmm. um, and she was perfect 
perfectly healthy, took vaccines fine, and then it was just that one component that she could no longer tolerate, and she'd get mm-hmm. ill. So I think it is really important, just lesson learned is that for anybody who's going through this with your pet, seek out veterinary care. And if they tell you on the phone you don't need to bring a pet in if it's laying on its side, I would pick up the phone and call another vet because okay. there's no reason I would excuse that and say that that's okay. That's okay. something that that's a pet I want to see and I want to assess. Um, especially because, you know, with your baby being 12, the reality mm-hmm. is that there can be other things going on in the body that that if we don't detect, we're going to get lose control of. And mm-hmm. I would still encourage you to see a veterinarian and, and, and just inquire that. Hey, do I need to have my baby looked at? Should I have some routine lab work done if you don't have mm-hmm. some current? Because mm-hmm. um, the last patient I saw that, that we had vaccinated was an older kitty. Um, mm-hmm. uh, they declined blood work. It was vaccinated, and we discovered it had kidney failure. <laughs> so there's, there's a lot of things like that that we don't really see but become unmasked after the bodily stress of vaccines right. so that's that's the other thing but there are certainly dogs that you know have vaccine reactions and those can manifest in a whole host of way from just feeling a little run down and run having a fever to more serious anaphylactic reactions swelling in the mm-hmm. face trouble breathing or um you know not getting up and being shock-like in, in how mm-hmm. they're behaving those are those are emergencies and we really want to treat a vaccine a suspect vaccine reaction you know if we're seeing those symptoms mm-hmm. um the good thing is that you know i can tell you with uh, research you know um, I think there was a 2015 study that looked at, um, gosh, I think it was over a million dogs in the U.S., and they looked at what is the incidence of vaccine reactions, and they actually determined that it was less than 0.15% of oh. dogs that were vaccinated. So I don't want to frighten people, but I do think we need to have a really frank conversation, especially in an older pet. Um, you know, what is the pet's risk? What's their exposure? Um, what's their overall health status? And really picking and deciding what vaccines are most essential for their health and which ones are really not going to be necessary. And I think that's something that I'm sure from year forward that, that you'll, you know, have that conversation with your, your veterinarian. Exactly. And when I went there, I guess I should have been a little more assertive. I did mention to the receptionist, the lady at the counter, and I said, well, I only wanted my dog to get one vaccine at a time, you know, because he's a little guy. He weighs 14 pounds. And she said, oh, no, no, this that he does all three at once, and I'm like, okay. And I really should have raised that to the vet himself, you know, instead of just accepting probably what the lady said at the counter, because now you kind of don't know what he responded to. Exactly, yeah. And I I will say, for the vast majority of pets, we can do multi- uh, component vaccines. So we can do multiple things on one visit. But when we have a pet in your situation, I would only separate um, vaccines out and do them on uh, separate uh, visits. And, and the other thing I wanted to bring up is that this is a phenomenon we see in the veterinary world that sometimes the smaller breed dogs are more at risk for a vaccine reaction if we do give um, all of their vaccines at once. So um, a lot of people, and even here in my office we do this, is we call it a split vaccine strategy. So even with a puppy, um, instead of following the normal guidelines, if we have, say, a one-pound chihuahua, we may only do the distemper parvo one day, and then on two weeks from then, then we'll do a bordetella, just to help minimize the vaccine load that the pet is exposed to on one day. And that with small breeds, it definitely has been shown that it can help to minimize um, the incidence of reactions. And I'm so glad things turned out okay, and now you know which veterinarian to stay away from. Yes, I definitely should have followed through with someone else when my dog was lying on its side, but I called an emergency one on a Sunday, and 
you know, I kind of took, and not their word, but I would agree. I think I should have done something more, more. Well, we, we live and learn, and we, we move on from there. Hold on for one second. We're going to head back to the phones for your calls, toll-free at 1-866-405-8405. Uh, Paula Poundstone, just around the corner here. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. Hi, this is Bob Barker on Animal Radio, reminding you to help control the pet population. Have your pets spayed or neutered. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten-free. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now at 1-866-405-8405. You found us. It's Animal Radio. Celebrating the connection with our pets. Go grab your pets. Bring them around the radio. They like the show, too. Ours do. Well, they're sleeping. <laughs> we put them all to sleep here in the studio. They love that. Let's see. Paula Poundstone, just around the corner here on Animal Radio. We're going to take some more of your calls. Toll free at 1-866-405-8405. Uh, during the commercial break, I was playing with the brand new Animal Radio app. Yeah, this is new and improved. So if you haven't downloaded or upgraded the new one yet, get it. There's lots of new features. It's, I'm actually, Does it help me with my iPhone too? As far as like all the like the, the things that I do wrong, <laughs> is it only going to be animal radio? <laughs> I'm working on a version that will punish you if you do <laughs> things wrong with your phone, but not this version. This one is actually pretty cool because you, yes, you, the listener, looking down at your radio, can send us audio, uh, your questions. Sound, sounds of your that your animals make. I, I think this that's exciting because for me, I love evidence, whether it's a smell uh-huh. or a picture or sound. You know, so describe the coughing to me. You know, some people can't do that. So if you have a an audio, you know, taped, that's awesome. That that helps so much. Well, this has changed the veterinary world for you over the last decade or so. People would have to come in, and if the the animal wasn't coughing or doing whatever they were doing with, at home, then you really mm-hmm. didn't know oh, yeah. what was happening. But now they can take videos people can take videos and show you uh, when they're doing the reverse cough or whenever they're doing whatever the, that is illing them and you're able to to help with the diagnosis that way oh yeah it's rarely a week goes by i don't have an iphone or some kind of you know a smartphone whipped out during an exam and people are showing me <laughs> pictures or videos or something and i, I like that because it really it gives the the full picture if you will and uh means a lot yes uh, soon they'll have uh Smell vision or, or smell. Mm. Yeah. Oh, I hope not. <laughs> that, I, I'll have the first chapter in that uh, veterinary textbook. <laughs> yeah. Lori, what are you working on Scratch over there? sniff with Dr. Debbie. Yes. <laughs> what are you working on over there? In the uh, Is that why you keep a closed newsroom over there so you don't have to smell all of the smells over here? Is no, that- it's because I have my, my dogs in here. It's so you don't have to smell them. Oh, okay. Thank you so much. What are you working on over there? There. Uh, oh, there is a um, a certain kind of pet, and this uh, community 
of people who, you know, have this kind of pet, because we all kind of do that. You know, dog people stick together, ferret people stick together, you know, cat people. So this community of pets and their people freaking out over something that's going on within the community involving a virus. Ooh. Oh, let's see. They're all ringing. Which one do we go to? Line I'm, three. Okay. I was going to say two. Two? Okay. Yes. Hold on, line three. Sorry about that. I, they were getting all excited. I actually hit their line there. Oops, and you hung up Whoops. on them? <laughs> Call back, line three. Okay, so we're going to line three. No, two. Two. Hey, Bob, how are you doing? Uh, it's Todd. It's pretty good. How are you today? Very good, Todd. What's What's uh, on your mind? Okay, what it is is we purchased this uh, little small swallow. She is six <laughs> months old, and okay. she weighs two pounds. Aww. And the thing about it is, is my wife's wanting to put her on heartworm medicine, and I've heard through rumors that the small dogs like that don't need to be on heartworm medicine, and I don't really want to be taken advantage of. Oh, that's bullpucky. I'm telling you, a dog's size does not make them immune to developing heartworm disease. Um, so, no, this baby needs to be on heartworm preventative. What part of the country are you in? Mississippi. Uh, oh my god, yes. The country, they go with us on the truck, all three dogs, and they are out here, and that was another thing that kind of concerned me. Yeah. No, especially if you're doing uh, cross-country traveling, the, the American Heartworm Society has actually published statistics that shows that all of the 50 major states um, do have heartworm disease, differing uh, exposures and, and incidents of disease. But this baby needs to be protected. And I'm not afraid of her being two pounds. Uh, fortunately for the dosing range of most of these products, they start at one pound and go all the way up to maybe 25 as the first interval. The important thing to know with the heartworm preventatives is that the dosage, say for a lot of the common ivermectin-containing products, they're actually in micrograms, which are a thousandth of a milligram. So we're talking very small, low doses. So this isn't uh, likely to be a problem even for a two-pound dog. Um, so I, I am not worried at all. I want to get your baby protected. And listen to your wife, for God's sakes. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Well, I'm just, I was just, well, you know how it is. I want to hear it from a professional. Well, you know what the answer always is to your wife. The answer always is, yes, dear, sorry, I was wrong. I agree with you 100%, but she is not here right now, so she doesn't know I'm asking. Oh, <laughs> I say, oh yeah, sure, dear, let's do that. No problem. But the thing is, is we also have another chihuahua. Okay. He's all male. Oh, my gosh, is he a male? <laughs> Are you meaning he still has those two little uh, brain cells between his legs? Yeah. The thing is, is she's two pounds and he's seven pounds. And if they mate, will the puppies be too big? No, not necessarily. Now, the thing to know that um, two pounds to seven pounds is a pretty close range. Um, now, if you were saying that her boyfriend was going to be, you know, a uh, German Shepherd, I'd be a little worried. Um, but also, when we we look at certain breeds, um, Chihuahuas, especially some of the real Applehead Chihuahuas, sometimes just being a Chihuahua, they have a big domey head. So just being a Chihuahua could pose a risk for troubles during birth and delivery. Uh, other breeds like um, bulldogs, Boston Terriers also have kind of big round heads, so they can get stuck in the birth canal, irregardless of the size of the father. So before you do make that commitment to breed, and we do not advise breeding, there's oodles of dogs in the shelters. In fact, in Las Vegas, 
almost 50% of the dogs in our shelters are chihuahuas. So we don't need more of them. We don't need to make more as lovely as they are. This is Animal Radio. This is an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified and puts the treat into treatment. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit fearfreepets.com. I'm Lori Brooks. There's fear and even a lot of panic sweeping through communities of people who own pet rats. After reports and rumors began circulating online, you know, rat forums and blogs and websites, that their pets might be confiscated and killed. It's really kind of scary. The reason for the concern is the Seoul virus. That's as, as in Seoul, South Korea. Um, but the Seoul virus is a type of hantavirus that can be transmitted from pet rats to humans. Uh, the outbreak first came to attention back in December, so if you months ago and is believed to have started in Illinois and Wisconsin when a woman who breeds pet rats became ill and was hospitalized. Doctors investigated and then they had to notify the CDC, which traced the virus to two rat breeders in Illinois, both of whom, it turns out, had sold rats to the woman who was in the hospital. Well, since then, a rat in Pennsylvania, a home breeding facility there, has also tested positive for the sole virus, which, by the way, the virus cannot pass from person to person. A human gets it from an infected rat. Now, symptoms for people are similar to, you know, having the flu. It could include a fever, a severe headache, maybe back and abdominal pain, chills, blurred vision is possible, redness of the eyes or a rash. Now, still, humans can also show no signs of soul virus, but test positive for antibodies to it. Rats, by the way, must be tested for the virus because infected rats do not become sick. But those infected rats, they can shed that virus through their urine and feces and saliva. And that's when, as pets, the humans come in contact with it. It is uh, mostly brown rats and Norway rats that are susceptible to the sole virus. So if you have rats as pets... Be very careful to follow the CDC's precautions, like washing your hands after handling them and keeping cages, bedding, and toys away, especially from areas where food is served or an area that you might bathe in. And also, according to the CDC, there are currently 13 human infections of soul viruses, uh, virus around the country, and there is no effective treatment for it. I think that's like pretty scary. It is. Have you have you heard of this, Doctor? Yes, I mean we're aware of it. Um, it's definitely not something we've seen on the radar out in where I'm practicing, but I think it's something that as pets, um, rats come from a lot of distributors. So this is something that um, people may not know where their rat is originating from when they're buying it from a pet store. So I think that's where some of the panic comes from is we don't know how widespread um, you know these pets. These rats are going to be spread elsewhere, so I think that's where some of the concern really lies. A burglar who broke into an Idaho man's home probably would have picked a different house had he known he was going to have to deal with the loyal pet squirrel who also lived in that house. 
Uh, here's what happened. The homeowner came home one day earlier this month and found uh, the doors were opened and uh, scratches on his gun case. Well, that's pretty frightening. A few small items were missing, so he called the police who came out to take a report. The officer met Joey, the pet squirrel, and she happened to ask the owner, you know, because she thought Joey was cute, if Joey would bite. But the owner said, no, normally he did not bite, but he couldn't rule that out, you know, for certain. So the police officer left the home and then happily returned a few hours later with some of the stolen goods. It turns out when she was questioning the suspect, the officer noticed he had a lot of scratches on his hands, and she <laughs> asked him if he got them from a squirrel. Yep. The suspect said the squirrel would not stop attacking him until he had to finally flee the home. So now Joey is a local hero basking in his glory and enjoying his favorite treat, which, which uh, happens to be Whoppers Malted Milk Balls candy. You know, like, <laughs> coming like that milk carton thing. Yeah. Oh, I love it. Uh, an attack squirrel. We yeah. need to get one of those. A guard knew, guard huh? squirrel. Six months after her cat ran away, Pepper is the name of the cat. This woman in the Netherlands is, you know, lucky. She's actually getting to look forward to a reunion with the cat in an Austrian village nearly 600 miles away. The stories of cats doing this kind of thing are just amazing. Well, luckily for the lady, Pepper was microchipped, and thanks to a good Samaritan, they found her, and they just thought she was an underweight stray, and they took her to the vet, and they you know, found out she had a microchip, so luckily Pepper is going back home soon. But no one has any clue at all as to how Pepper got so far away, but some guess that she hitchhiked. You know, maybe she fell asleep on the back of a truck or something, but... 600 miles later, yeah, she's going to be going back home. Another good reason to have a microchip. Yep. Absolutely. I'm Lori Brooks. Get more breaking animal news anytime at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update brought to you by Fear Free. The veterinarian isn't typically thought of as your pet's favorite place to go. With Fear Free, that all changes. To learn more and find a certified Fear Free veterinary professional near you, visit FearFreePets.com. Hi friends, this is Dr. Marty Becker, America's veterinarian. As you know, going to the vet can be a traumatic experience for your pet, but it doesn't have to be that way. In fact, vet visits can be something your pet looks forward to. Introducing Fear Free. When your veterinarian is Fear Free certified, you'll be assured your pet's vet visit is more free of fear, anxiety, and stress than ever before. Fear Free takes the pet out of petrified, and it puts the treat into treatment. To find a certified Fear Free veterinarian near you, go to fearfreepets.com. This is Ben Vereen on Animal Radio. Remember to spade and neuter your animal for a healthier and longer life. You're listening to Animal Radio. Find us at AnimalRadio.com. Log on, learn more. It gives me great pleasure to present to you the dog father, Joey Volani, on Animal Radio. Worldwide recognition, wherever he goes, people go, hey, that's Joey Volani. I've seen him on Dogs 101. It's, in fact, I don't even <laughs> go out to dinner with him anymore because it's just, you know, it's paparazzi and it's Too signature many autographs. Yeah. yeah. And you're just jealous. And I, <laughs> who are you hanging out with, Dogfather? 
you know, it's 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 funny because I just um, recently came back from a um, pe- the pec room conventions. I like because um, I'm a rock star. Anywhere else, I'm just Joey Valance, yeah. so, uh, <laughs> some, some idiot, some dumb idiot, you know, talking about dogs. But so, um, just a couple of weeks ago, I went to a big convention, which happened to be in Pasadena, California, Grim Expo West. It, the good things about going to these conferences is, is um, you get to see the the latest and greatest, and that's why I try to go to. Um, every basically every one of them in the U.S. and 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 some of them you know in Europe is in Asia as well, but um, there's some new products out that I wanted to talk about. Now they are putting out. Well, Hal is going to cringe when I talk about this because oh I, oh, I can't uh, wait. I it's not clothing. I, I didn't is even it? want to tell you. You know, prior to it, I figured I wait. You know, right till we get on the air. Color. So you are no, it's not color. It's not color, but but you know, we have facials and we have paw treatments and we have color. Now we have mud baths, okay? And oh what it does is, gosh. which is, well, hold on, let me tell you what, what's really cool about it first. What it does is it, it um, actually takes the impurities out of, a, out of the skin just like people. And dogs, and mainly um, the, the hairless dogs, but, but all dogs, get um, blackheads. And what it does, it, it, it ends up, it's, you know, sucking out the blackheads to give them nice, pure, clean yeah. skin. Wait a minute. Do they just and get also, the blackheads on their face or their whole body? No, they, they, so it depends. Um, um, a lot of them get them on their chin, and that's uh-huh. where you'll see most of them. Um, and even on cats, you'll, you'll see them a lot on the chin. And uh-huh. you, you know, you squeeze them out just like you would person. Oh, and um, on hairless dogs, mainly, you'll see them you know, all <laughs> over their body. So now what this does is, is it's, 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 a, it's a mud treatment. You put it on, you let it sit on. Um, you wipe as much of it you can off, and then you rinse it off, and it pull out the impurities and help pull out the blackheads and clean the skin. And some of the results that I seen were um were, were pretty good, were pretty cool. It's um definitely a um, new type of of add on for the grooming salon, and um, something that you know what you may want to treat your dog to because it definitely definitely makes the coat. And the skin um, look and feel better. Can I just go out in my backyard and grab a bunch of mud, or does it have to be special mud? You know what? I think it has to be special mud. I mean, a lot of it actually has clay in it as well, and I don't know where the clay comes from. So, but um, you know, of course, they're going to build it up, and this is um, you know, clay from from Italy and whatever. <laughs> but who knows? Maybe it is just from your backyard. It doesn't dry out the hair. Well, you got you know, it's followed up with a conditioning treatment as well because it's it's just like just like with people. Um, you know, once you open up the pores and you pull stuff up, you have to close it. So again, um, in the process of it is you follow it up with a conditioning treatment. So no, it it shouldn't. Well, there goes another thing I can share with my dog. We can do facials together. It smells great too. Yeah, I bet it does. If you're looking down at your radio right now and thinking, "Wow, <laughs> I can't believe it's mud." Yeah, uh, I'm with you there. You know what? And then I just heard this last week. I don't know if you've seen this in the news plastic surgery for your pets and we're not talking about plastic surgery that uh, might repair this is elective this is elective and uh all for vanity so i hope listen let me tell you something if it's less expensive i'll be going to my veterinarian to get my neck done soon (laughs) (laughs) hey doc you know i I throw you a lot of business here come on let's do a trade-off 
Well, this healthy serving of Animal Radio is brought to you by the grain-free Red Barn Naturals canned food for dogs and cats, always made in the USA with natural, functional ingredients to support your pet's optimal health. Learn more over at redbarninc.com. And thanks so much, Red Barn, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at animalradio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. People say less is more. At Red Barn, we think less is better. It's what you won't find that sets our natural premium pet food apart. No byproducts, no corn or soy, no fillers. Just the natural ingredients your pets need to live the healthy life they deserve. Look at the label. We want you to. Red Barn Naturals Pet Food. Simply the best. Find it in your local pet specialty store. Red Barn canned food for cats and dogs is grain and gluten free. You're listening to Animal Radio. If you missed any part of today's show, visit us at AnimalRadio.com or download the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. It's Animal Radio celebrating the connection with our pets. Toll free, 1-866-405-8405. And yes, I love myself some animals, but I got to tell you, today between Joey Volani talking about uh, dogs getting mud baths and facials, <laughs> and, and and blackheads and out. blackheads, yes, and, and yeah. popping them. That sounds exciting. That sounds like a great day. I might come spend the day with I Joey. <laughs> See, I, can you imagine doing a, a mud facial with your dog, the girls together? Oh, how fun! And then I see in the news that they're they're actually doing plastic surgery on dogs to uh, change their looks. Apparently, one couple wanted their dog to look like the dog from The Mask. Oh, yeah. So they had plastic surgery done. Dentist we've heard about ears. it for uh, medical reasons, but we've never heard about it for vanity or cosmetic yeah. as far as... Does that seem right to you? No, it does not seem right to me. No, not to me either. It seems uh, very bizarre. But... That's what I was going to say. It's The motivation is kind of hard to put my mind around <laughs> We welcome to the airwaves and back to the airwaves for her second appearance, Miss Paula Poundstone. How are you doing? Hey, you guys. Good. I, I, your former guest was just plain weird. That's all there is to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, now, I just heard someone said you were letting in a dog. I thought you had just cats, but you have a dog, too? I have two German Shepherd mixed dogs. And how do they like the 14 cats? <laughs> well, the cats rule the roost. Um, <laughs> yeah. Every now and then, the dogs will... Uh, you know, take a, a charge and make all the cats scatter. But um, for the most part, it's the other way around. For the most part, the cats, like the dogs are afraid to come through the door sometimes if there's a cat sitting there. Um, <laughs> They're so, outnumbered. Yeah, the cats are in charge. Um, and, 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 of course, that's not right. Well, like, we... Nobody's getting a mud bath. Nobody's having plastic surgery. <laughs> They're lucky I feed them and pet them and well, clean their ways. What do you do to spoil them? And it's hard to spoil them because you have so many of them. Yeah, no, they don't They don't really, you know, there's the, uh, you know, I, I mean, I provide the occasional catnip. Um, um, and uh, at one point I made them these string toys um, that had, uh, oh, who was that horrible man who used to do the shows with the drug addicts? Dr. Drew. Oh, yes, I remember that. Yeah. I, at one point, I, I made them a string toy where we dragged a picture of Dr. Drew, <laughs> and I let them chase it and bite it, uh, um, because he's really low life, and uh, even my cat sensed it. 
Paula, I'm really pleased to hear that you have dogs because I was going to throw out a title and call you a crazy cat lady. Right, but... which I would be if I only had 14 cats, but if exactly. you also have two German big dogs, that makes you an animal lover. Yes, exactly. Quite, <laughs> honestly, the dogs are beards, really. But, um, <laughs> I just got them to cover my trail. Yeah. Uh, you know what? My dogs volunteer at a nursing home, so they're kind of cool dogs, really. Well, that is cool. Aww. Yeah, it is actually a lot of, for a lot of people. Um, you know, when they're healing and they're away from their home, some of them are not really able to communicate very well verbally with other human beings, and uh, they really enjoy just getting a chance to pet a dog. The lady. I volunteer there, and the woman who runs the activities room where I volunteer, she insists on telling people they're therapy dogs. And I, and I always say right away after she says that, I go, no, they're not. <laughs> they're just my dogs. They're not trained. I, they barely do, you know, sit and down, for heaven's sakes. Don't don't think they're – they have no training in the area of, of therapy. They can't hand you Kleenex, and they don't ask you anything about your relationship with your mother. They're just dogs. <laughs> Well, now, the last time we talked to you, you put a uh, camera in front of the food bowl for the cats. Is that still up? No, it's not anymore because my son um, uh, is, uh, I mean, he's not at home anymore, but uh, while he was, he's an electronics addict. And so I had to take things out of the uh, common areas of the house where he might have been able to get to um, use the, 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 because it took a computer to run that camera. Oh yes, and so we had to we had to move it because uh, electronics addiction is a horrible, awful thing, and um, many adults <laughs> suffer from it as well. But in the developing brain, it's disastrous. So I, I had to remove anything he had access to, which is too bad because I loved the cat cam. I did too. I, well, I love. Well, if he's gone, can't you put it back? I guess we could come to think of it. I haven't broached it with uh, with uh, my assistant who does stuff like that. I don't think he'd be very excited about doing the extra work, but um, it was it was fun having it. Uh, it really was. It, it was fun too because I could be on the road and just sort of check in and see how things were going. And one of the things, you know, I, I had um, this really fat cat, and uh, you know, there was the speculation that it might have somehow been thyroid. But as a result of what we called the diner cam, uh, I, I was able to dispel that idea. It's really that. She was at the bowl all the time. <laughs> she was the star of the diner cam, my, my cat Matilda. She was, uh, she was hungry, I guess. How do you remember all their names? It's not that many names to remember. Yeah. It's, there's people who have 14 kids, for heaven's sakes. <laughs> um, or my teacher. I bumped into my second grade teacher. I wouldn't bump into her. She came to see me uh, when I was working in Arizona one time where she had retired to. I pride myself in remembering stuff from a long time ago. Um, and I know lots, I can remember lots of members of my second grade class. Do you know she could remember more than I could? And she had been teaching for 40 years. Wow. So she had class after class, and I'm sure she could do the same with with all of them. I mean, she reminded me that we had four kids named David in our class. Yeah. You know, my daughter Tosha had, had she, I think they had six Briannas in Tosha's class. They'd use the Dewey Decimal System behind the Brianna name to keep track. Because, you know, when I was a kid, it would be like, well, David K, you know, David G, David S. But uh, there, were, there were too many Briannas to even make that work. Uh, I uh, Around our house, we have uh, three cats. Uh, but there's always been kind of a peeing problem. i got to imagine that at your oh, place. Oh, my God, it's awful. 
It's horrible. Yeah. You have hard concrete floors? No, sadly. Uh, no, I have um, wood. I have urine permeated wood floors. Thank you. So when you move out, it's a tear down. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Well, I'm, okay, I rent. So when I move out, there's going to be an enormous. Uh, let's just say I lost my security deposit. <laughs> when does one say, hey, let's get another cat? Well, no more. You know, my daughter used to volunteer at the Santa Monica Animal Shelter. And uh, so we were there just visiting one day not too long ago. And the guys there, they go, what are you taking home today? And I was like, how dare you? <laughs> nothing, nothing ever again. Because it occurs to me that someday I might want to actually do something. I might want to go away. Yes. You know? I might want to travel. I mean, I travel for a living, but I have to hire somebody to come, you know, take care of the pets while I'm gone. And that's not so easy to do, and I don't have access to that person all week long, and so it really limits what I can do. And, you know, whenever I see the commercials on TV about, um, you know, about saving for your retirement, which, by the way, that idea never occurred to me until recently. <laughs> but um, uh, whenever you see it, you know, there's always like there's always gray-haired people walking on the beach, or kayaking, or canoeing, or scuba diving, or surfing. Apparently, we get to an age where we just take to the water. And uh, I would really like to have my turn to do that. But it looks it looks like unless I can get my cats to surf. I'm stuck here. <laughs> Do you still have your bearded dragon? I don't. My bearded dragon, Daisy, uh, uh, you know, Daisy finally kicked the bucket. Um, he lived a really long time for, uh, um, he lived on the high end of the lifespan of a bearded dragon lizard. And I think part of it was he would see his reflection in his tank and he didn't realize it was him he was looking at. Uh, and he, he must have had good self-esteem because <laughs> He would look at that reflection and then puff up his beard, which is a sexual behavior. So he would see himself and go, man, that's a good-looking lizard. <laughs> Do they all sleep in bed with you there, the two German Shepherds and the 14 cats? I used to sleep with the, I used to sleep with the cats, and I loved it. I used to sleep out on the living room floor because there's a joy about having a bunch of cats snuggle with you. But eventually... Um, they took to territorial peeing on me, <laughs> and uh, I had to. Uh, I remember one morning. I swear, this is a disgusting but true story. One morning, um, the phone rang, and I went to answer it. And I swear, I'm not making this up. Pee dripped out of my ear when I stood up, and uh, I was just like, okay, you know what? I think from now on, I sleep in my bed. I don't own a bed, but I sleep in my bedroom. And uh, n no cats are allowed in my room because they just went one or two steps too far. Uh. And yet, when I didn't realize at the time why they were doing that, when when the vet told me it was territorial peeing, it was kind of flattering, really. Because <laughs> <laughs> so I realized what they were saying to the others was, she's my special someone. <laughs> You'd think, right, like maybe, uh, um, uh, y you know, Maybe a label gun or a name tag would be enough. Yeah. Um, you were being marked. I was being marked. It's an odd way of laying claim to what you feel belongs to you. It is. It is. Yeah. I mean, if I if something were precious to me, the last thing I would do is pee on it. But cats are different. The uh, CD came out last year called North by Northwest. What is this, a stand-up that you did? It's stand-up that I did. It's a two-CD CD. One was recorded in Bayfield, Wisconsin, and the other was recorded in Portland, Oregon. They're top in the charts. Did you think that was going to happen? All right, let's be honest. Okay. In that particular category, not that many CDs come out. 
in comedy CD as far as comedy CDs. Yeah, I mean there's some, but it's not like it's not like a music CD where you know every day there's new releases. You know, I mean at one point, yes, it was at the top of some audio chart, but it, you know its second rival was you know how to speak Spanish. So um, <laughs> yes, I mean uh, by by comedy CD standards, it's it, it, it's done well, and I'm pleased with that. But we just have to keep in perspective what that standard is. I guess what I'm saying is. I don't want to be like Trump, saying that I had the biggest crowd ever. <laughs> well, we're not going to measure you against Mariah Carey or anything like that. I mean, no, that's best. Yeah, and then of course you're you're touring like nobody's business, right? Well, now. that I do do. Yeah, that I I I, I, I tour more than most. Um, I'm out most. Well, you know, usually it's Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Friday, Saturday. Um, uh, but that's uh, you know pretty much every every week. You know, and then I come home to sift. Yeah. And then I go back out again. To sift? To sift. Oh, my gosh, yeah. I have five litter boxes, and I sift four <laughs> times a day. <laughs> I have a callus on my hand from sifting. Uh, we encourage you to uh, check out Paula Poundstone's website, paulapoundstone.com. Check out the book and the CD and get tickets to her concert. I assume the concert tour or all the dates are over at the website, right? They're over at the website. And we want you to put that cat cam. cam. Yeah, diner cam. Back up. Yeah. Well, you know, you can, on the website, one of the things, when we first were putting up the diner cam, we decided to introduce all the cats to everybody so they'd know who they were watching. You know, it was like a field guide. And I made a video. It's on It's on my uh, website. It, I believe it's called Introducing the Players, maybe. And uh, it is kind of fun to see. Like, I, I hold up every cat and tell the viewer what the name of the cat is. Um, and, uh, in, in lieu of the cat, Kim, it's pretty fun. Well, we vicariously live through you because I'd love to have 14 cats, but uh, just would rather the mess be at your place. Yeah, exactly. Well, um, you know, I'm I'm having a promotional offer uh, with, a, you know, the first 14 people that show up <laughs> at this show. Get a cat. Can't go wrong there. <laughs> yeah, and that's, they're going to come by droves. All right, thanks, guys. It was Take nice care. talking with you. Thanks. Take care. Let's all get on out of here. Thank you so much for joining us today. Remember, download the new Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android now. It's a free download. Bye-bye. Bye. See you next week. This is Animal Radio Network. Network.